0: creative podcast where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create.
1: Hey, it's Rich Langton here. Welcome back to the podcast. Last week, we had the Hillsong Conference and it was a fantastic week. While it's happened in Sydney already, it's still yet to roll out across the world. So you've still got time to register and be a part of it in London for this year. And also, so great to meet some of you. Thanks for coming and saying hi. Thanks for giving us your feedback on the podcast. It's so great to meet you and to do this journey with you. Right now, as a result of conference and all that's going on here, we're in a season break. But during the break, our team are working hard on season six. We've got some great interviews lined up and some really good episodes looking at some topics that you guys have asked us to cover. So look forward to those. For this episode, we're going to bring you a taste of Hillsong Conference. It's one of the creative masterclasses with Chris Tomlin. This was one of our favourite episodes from season three. And if you haven't heard it, you're in for a treat. So why don't we just jump into it?
0: Cassandra Langton, I am the global worship pastor here at Hillsong Church, and it is my greatest honor to run this masterclass today. So, I'm going to ask if you will stand to your feet and put your hands together and welcome to the platform the incredible Mr. Chris Tomlin.
2: Woo! Thank you. Yes. Whoa. Hi. Hello. I'm still emotionally spent. You're still what? I'm still emotionally spent.
0: He's still emotionally spent. How many of you were at our worship hour that we just had then? He did an incredible job, hey? It was spectacular. So take your seat, sit down. We can shift gears, Chris. I've got a book. A book? (laughs) Check this out. Coffee with Cass and Chris. A whole book of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a coffee table book you can take home with you at the end.
2: Oh, my gosh. It is like this is is your life. Is this the end of my (laughs) ministry today?
0: (laughs) No, this is only (laughs) the beginning.
2: I feel like I've been set up. This
0: is the beginning. Okay. Hey, did you love that worship hour?
2: It was amazing. Okay. I, I was, yeah, I, I've been probably more intimidated by that than anything the last year. I've like, yeah. What do you mean? I don't know. I was just really insecure about like just... Because
0: Brooks on the front row? Yeah. And JD?
2: And JD. <laughs> he's it's a like, judge
0: of JD. You're yeah, right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah.
0: JD is potentially the most positive person you will ever meet in your entire life. Right, right. That was the best worship he's ever been in. <laughs> right, right. <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: <laughs> he says it's about time we had a good worship leader at Hillsong Church. <laughs> so, oh. so do you want a job? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll send him back to your place. Would, they they would love it. How did you learn to do that? This is not my question, but I spent my whole time on the front row going, you are masterful at, I prayed it, I think, but pulling back the mystery of God and letting people see his majesty. Mm. How? <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> I'm like, right, and I've got a whole lot of fun facts and other things, but I just want to know that and then we'll go backwards. Is that okay? Does anybody else want to know how he does that?
2: Uh, I don't know. Uh, gosh, this is going to be very disappointing to everybody in the room. Oh, man. Um, you know, people say, what's the key to leading worship? For me, it's always just been humility. And I think the key of everything is just being humble. And I always try to humble myself for God. I pray every time, Lord, would you take any kind of pride away we're all got, I've got so much pride and I just say, Lord, would you take any kind of pride in me that I don't even see? Because I think humility is the highway for God to work. It is like the path for God to work. When you're humble, then God's like, okay, I can, now I can do something. You are out of the way. And what I wanted to do in that hour is like go, wow, that guy's like me. I mean, he's no different than me. If God can use him, then he can use me. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, a, the stage does weird things. And, and spotlights do weird things. And lights do weird things. In stage. When, you put a, when you're put when you on a stage, a lot of you are on stages at your churches, you're leading. And stages are strange. They just are. It's, it's really strange when you're, trying to, when, you're, when you're really thinking, man, I'm doing this, trying to do it for the Lord. You know, and, and there's a stage. And stage are appropriate. I mean, you need a stage, right? You need, you need a stage to speak to people. It's not wrong. But they can do weird things to you. And I remember my friend Louie, uh, who I mentioned, and many of you have been impacted by him. I remember when he told me this. There's a couple things. He said, one is, Chris, always just be the moon. He goes, just be the moon. He goes, the moon has no light of its own. But the only time you ever see the moon, it reflects the sun. He said, if you can just do that, he goes, just be the moon. He goes, that's what you are as a worship leader. You are the moon. You have no light. If it's just off my light, that might last a session, or it might last a weekend for somebody. But if people, if, but if you can just really, when you walk up there thinking, I'm just going to try to reflect God. Whatever light's coming to me is coming, from, I just want to put it to God and reflect that to people. That was been so good. And I remember when I first made a record, and I made my first album, and they did this thing called a photo shoot. And it was the most frightening thing ever. I still hate them to this day. But they take pictures, you know. They take pictures of you trying to make you look way cooler than you are. <laughs> That's their whole objective. And I remember Louis put a. No- I got a note in my Bible from him, and I still have it. And he said, "Chris, today everybody's going to try to do this. They try to make you into something." He goes, "I just want you to keep this in your heart. Always think of He must increase, you must decrease." He said all day. When people are taking your picture, I guess, I just keep thinking, he must increase, you must decrease. He goes, because they can say anything they want on the outside, but you know what's going on the inside of you. And so I try to keep that in my mind. And that's what I try to help people do today. In that hour, I was like, Lord, if I can do that, if I can just, if people walk out of here going, wow, Lord, you are amazing. You can use anybody. And
0: I love that. I feel like that is beautiful. Okay. Fun facts.
2: Okay. (laughs) I I like it.
0: Right. Uh, Were you born on the 4th of May 1972? Yes. Ooh, okay, good.
2: May the 4th be with you. (laughs) All right. That's my birthday. I was born on Star Wars Day. All right,
0: all right. Did you, true or false, you went to the Nationals during university for comedy?
2: Yes, I did. Shut up! I I did comedy speaking in college. I did.
0: Okay, all I, I said to I out the back. Everybody tells me that he's so funny, and I've never seen it.
2: I never get to because you're a worship <laughs> leader. You know, you're just trying to like help people to God. You can't. It's not really time to crack jokes, you know. But I always loved making people laugh growing up, and I, and so in college, the teachers like we do these things where you go and you actually do competitions, and you could do competitions in comedy speaking. And I was like, you can. I was like, man, I'm in. I'm in. And so they were like, let's do this. And so I put together this whole little routine, and. I can you to, remember uh, some of it and we're not going into it. No no, 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 no. Just a little bit. No, no, no. It's bad. I, I thought it just was but, Can you but can you listen, can you imagine you are doing a comedy routine and there is no audience but four judges. And you're supposed to be funny and you're just looking at them and they're just writing stuff down as you're thinking. And so I was doing this and I made it and I'm from, you know, I'm from a little town, in Texas, never been anywhere. And I started winning all of the competitions and I went to nationals in California. First time I've ever been to California, what I would do is I would make up songs on the, I would have my guitar with me. And so I had it. I just had a massive advantage to all these other poor guys out there because they they were they were up there with their you know doing their speech and I had a guitar and I would just make up country songs and I would just make up uh, these really really random songs and I'll never forget when I get in California the judges are like judging and they're like I'm doing country and all this kind of thing and they're like man you have the accent down it's like spot on and I'm like bro this is a real thing and uh, and so. <laughs> <laughs> because the Californians, you know, they did not know how to handle Texans.
0: Okay, true or false, you've been married 20 years. False. That's <laughs> yes, good. False. When's your wedding anniversary?
2: August 11th. No, it's not. Oh, no, that's my, that's my wife's birthday.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs> is this recorded? Yes. Jeez. <laughs> November, 9th is, November 9th is anniversary, August 11th, my <laughs> November 9th, which year? Huh? 20- <laughs> Twenty ten. Very good. How did you meet? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, I get to Atlanta. I'm going to Atlanta to help plant this church. And I play tennis. I love playing tennis. And my second day there, it's like my first weekend there. And I with a buddy. He goes, hey, man, you need to meet this girl. And I was like, okay, I just got to Atlanta. Um, sounds great. And he's like, uh, no, seriously, her name's Lauren. She doesn't stay single long. I heard she just she's single. We need to get this done. And I, was like, I was did you like,
0: say she won't stay single oh, long? She, she
2: doesn't stay single long. Goes oh, like, She doesn't. He goes. He goes this and he just said we need to we need to do this. we need to do this. Apparently all, you know, she was like a prize for guys, I guess. I mean, everybody like I want to be with Lauren. And so and so I was like, "Well, okay, well, I don't know who this is." And so um, yeah, we set up blind date. This is a blind date, and uh, so I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm traveling. I'm traveling this weekend, playing somewhere. When I get home, let's let's do a double date." So we did, and I would love to say that was all. That was just amazing from there on out. But uh, that's not how it went. And
0: uh... why? <laughs> oh, <gosh.
2: laughs> okay, this is not, This is Isn't Oprah. That I didn't right? know that it was Oprah. <laughs> I thought this we were talking about something else. Um, if she was here, we would have asked her. Yeah, yeah. She, oh, she would. Oh, and yeah, she would tell. So. Um, I, I was a normal guy and just had didn't and uh, just couldn't figure it out. And I was really slow. And she's like, "Look, man," she goes, "We're wasting time here. Are you, do you are you? Do you like me or not?" And I was like, uh, and basically, yeah, yeah basically. And she was just so strong because I was just like, you know, ah, uh, yeah, I'm not. You know, I just got to Atlanta. I'm thinking, you know what, who will I get to meet? You know, I just, this is the first person I met. So I'm going to keep my options open, you know, which is, which is horrible. This is horrible. This is horrible. But I'm just being honest and just being real. And this horrible. And she's like, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. And I, this, that's not, that's not me. I'm not into that. See ya. I was like, oh man. So I finally, um, it takes me a, a couple months to go. I just lost the greatest things that ever happened to me. I just, I knew it. I'm like, God, I am an idiot. And that's been a, I'm pretty much an idiot most of my life when it comes to this department. When it comes to this department, this is one place I didn't have never get figured it out. And so finally I figured it out, but she was gone, right? And I just thought, man, if there's any way I could get her back. And so I, I, I get my speech together. And, um, and I know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going in, if I know if I'm going in, it's got to be the thing. Where, there's no playing around. It's not like dating. I got to be ready. So I have my speech together. And I, see, I call her, and she finally answered. She would never answer my calls. She would never take texts or anything. I would just—I would always send out these little texts, these little, these little things, just to just to make sure we're still out there. Hey, I'm still here. Never, re- never responded. Well, one day she answers the phone. I called. Answers the phone. And she says, um, "I said, hey, can I just? I did, there's a lot of things I need to tell you. Um, you. Can I come by your house and just talk to you?" And she goes, "Phone's fine." She's awesome. She is. She's strong. She goes. The phone's fine, and I was like, okay. And so I poured my whole heart out on the phone. i just poured it all out, and she said, you know, Chris, I'm I'm over you. And uh, she said, exactly. Exactly what I feel. She goes. I'm. She goes. I'm over you. She said. I've you know I moved on. I got um, got this. You know, I'm dating this other guy, and uh, I think we're getting engaged and um, soon, and. And I said, okay, well, let me, let me just come in a different way. And so I, I tried, I tried another, another way. And she was like, I, Chris, you're not hearing me. I am over you. She said that. So much so that I said, I said, Lauren, you have told me five times on the phone you're over me. I don't really need to hear that again. And so that I'm just. Not.
0: That means she's not.
2: Obviously. She, so anyway, so fast forward, I think it's over. Blah, 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 and, this, and then she had, her parents had this ministry called Adventures of the Heart. And so I send this text out one day, just still trying to throw a line, just still throwing a line, I'm not giving up. I still throw a line and I send out this text and I said, hey, I hope everything is going well with Adventures of the Heart. I get a text right back and she goes, how did you know? You are basically, you're such a jerk, how did you know? That's what the text said. So I was like, how did I know what? I thought she sent, and she goes, we just broke up and you sent me this about how's it going with your Adventures of the Heart. I'm not like, she goes, you are such a jerk. How did, I cannot believe you sent that. And I totally was meaning, meaning about her ministry. And she thought I was playing on words. And I mean, and and so I, so I said, Jodi, you know this. I was like, inside I was going, yes, yes. And so um, I was like, well, i 'm really sorry to hear that. You guys are broken up <laughs> Can we go out and um, and so ended up uh, yeah ended up and, and that's', that's that set us on the course to get married. I mean, I knew if we get if we get back together, this is it, and sure enough god God is so good, thankfully man she 's the best thing ever happened to me I mean by a million leagues and so grateful that God just knocked me over the head quickly enough to figure it out
0: so then two girls
2: I have two girls now Ashlyn and Madison they're six and three and uh it's just amazing one Grammy what's that one Grammy (laughs) (laughs) 23 doves you are you're moving fast
0: two billboard music awards yeah and now you're going to tell me about your life in five chapters what? Ready? We're just shifting gear again. Okay, gotcha. All right, now it's going to get serious. Okay. It's been fun.
2: Okay, it's been fun. All right, oh, that's over. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Got it. All
0: right. Tell me about the worst week of your life.
2: The worst week of my life. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This might be happening right now. <laughs> this, this, this right. This has just started. I'll let you know at you the end of the week. A whole lot worse. Um, no. Right. Gosh, the worst week of my life.
0: Nothing like sharing with a 1,000 close friends, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, thinking through uh, many bad weeks. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Want to start with the best week of your life?
2: Best week of my life. That's pretty easy. I would think when uh, Ashland was born. And I've always heard that, you know, people were like, the greatest thing that happened to me was when my child was born. And being, I was single so long and like, you know, I didn't have any of that figured out, as as you know now. (laughs) I would, always tell, I would always think this way. Uh, people would say, man, the best thing ever happened to me is when a child was born. And I'd be like, inside, I'd be like, you need to get a life. I was like, <laughs> I was like these people need to get a life. There's, there's so much amazing things out there to do. Like having a kid, is that the best thing? And then when Ashton was born, and I was on the, I, I remember just being on the floor. We had this, we, 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 it was in the hospital and you have this um, midwife there as well, to helping you. She, she wasn't helping Lauren. She's trying to resuscitate me. I am, like, on the ground. She's like, Chris, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I was... Lauren's fine. She's giving birth. Lauren's fine. Chris, are you going to be all right? Seriously. I was on the ground. I was bawling my eyes. I could not believe it. It was the greatest thing that's ever happened to have having my family. So, yeah, that was amazing.
0: And six years later, is she still the greatest thing?
2: It, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I have two now, so... Yeah, right. Yeah, this, it's just the best and, and i only had brothers growing up
0: it's oh, okay. only boys
2: <laughs> and so now my house is only girls
0: sorry about that and uh, yeah. they
2: wake i wake up in the morning and seriously it's a uh, princess dresses it's uh i don't know who they're going to be it's is you're going to be yes. is it going to be D- Belle or oh, no no i'm cinderella and like I, I would pray at night with my with ashlyn and i'd say lord just pray for i just pray for ashlyn tonight and she'd be dorothy i'd be like i'm just praying for Ashlyn. she'd say dorothy she wanted to be Dorothy that day. says from Wizard of Oz, and so I did not know. And so I was like, well, "Lord, yeah, bless Dorothy tonight." And she's like, "Thank you." And like. It, it, And that's my life, man, every day. It's like they don't, we we can't get them to wear any kind of clothes that are normal. It is like whatever Disney puts out. It's Elsa, it's Anna, they got Elsa and Anna thing going on. It's just like that around the house and it's amazing. And so I, I, it's amazing. Having only brothers, being scared of girls, it's been unbelievable. It's been an (laughs) unbelievable thing.
0: All right. What are you enjoying working on right now?
2: Oh, you know, I started this little thing called Bowyer and Bow and it's uh, which a uh, bowyer and bow it's a little imprint music thing um it's not really a label but it's just a partnership um, and i thought man, if i ever get a chance to find somebody that i really think is the next that i could really put my life into and say hey come along with me you you've got it i look i see you and you you've got everything it takes you got you you just got this just gifts from god i i want to help you that's what I started, it's called Bowyer & Bow, which a bowyer, the bow, obviously we're talking about bow and arrows, and a bowyer is a bow maker, like a luthier is a guitar maker. So it's a bowyer and bow, and it's in the, the byline is the maker and the instrument. And just talking about how, you know, that's really, and i say the songs or the arrow, you know, the, the songs and the arrows are the bow, right? We say that a lot, but that kind of encapsulate everything that I think about what this is about. The, we're the instrument of God, and and so I have this little, this project going that I, I'm I'm more excited about my own music. I've been working on my new record right now. A new I think this is record thirteen or fourteen. With with this spooler and bow thing, I um I've got this guy Pat Barrett is his name, and he's he was a guy who was one of the writers of Good Good Father that I mentioned. And I just like man, people need to hear your music, just what is coming out of you because it is so special. And he's one of the most special guys I've ever been around. And so um, Lauren, Lauren, my wife, she's like, man, you're more excited about his music than your, than your own. And I was like, I am. And I just, I love it. I, I love it. I just love just encouraging him, helping him say, um, just in the direction of what's to come. And so I'm looking forward to people to hear that and see what he's going to do. Like he's a, you know, a generation below me, younger than me. And, and I, I just, I love that.
0: So how do you input into him? What does that look like? What does your relationship with him look like?
2: Well, I take him with me on tours, and he goes with me on when I'm when I'm traveling, and we, we're just together all the time and talking through what all this is. And he's done it for a long time, but never by himself. And um, so I'm always just trying to encourage him how to how to how to lead and and what you know what that looks like. What you know. Bef- and it to encourage him to use, use his gifts. And then in, a, in songs, we're always getting together around songs and I'm just kind of helping shape the songs. And he's an amazing guy. He doesn't need any help. He's ahead of me already in family and in marriage. I mean, I'm learning from him. But for, for me, it's just like, um, I feel like my role is to help people, you know, to whatever crowd comes to my concerts, to point the finger and say, hey, here's the next guy coming along. You need to pay attention to this guy he's, he's going to lead the church in a great way. So that that's kind of what I'm doing.
0: That's beautiful. Okay, what frightens you to think about?
2: Frightens me to yeah. think about? Um, I think the thing that would frighten me the most is to do all these amazing things and get to travel and do all these amazing things and have all these great tours and all that and yet not be a good husband or dad and lose my family. I think trying to figure out the balance of it. Because I've always, you know, like I said, been on my own most of my life and I could just go and go and go. And now I got these two little ones looking at me and, you know, and, and I can't just go and go and go. And the most important thing is, is, is my family. Right. And so what does it matter if you get all these things and you win all these awards and then at the end of the day, you, lo- you lose that. And so I've realized this in an amazing way that when I became a dad, that that's the one thing in life you can never stop doing. You can stop doing everything in life. You can stop your marriage. Heaven forbid that never happened. And that's but people do. You could, I could stop playing. I stop touring. But I'll never stop being their dad. I'll never that. That's for life, and that's for until I'm in the grave. I'm their dad. And, I've, and that is such a massive responsibility and a beautiful responsibility. And I love it, but it frightens me that I would, that that would be the, that'd be the greatest fear of my life to lose, to mess that up in some way.
0: All right. Um, on the other hand, what inspires you the most at the moment?
2: What inspires me? Man, that's great. Um, I love getting out on uh, hikes. That's my thing right now. I'm so inspired by hiking in the mountains. That is my thing. we were trying to spend the summer in the mountains in the US and I kept telling my wife, I just need more lunches in the trees. And that sounds weird. But I've been so inspired. I'll get out and get a packpack with my with a with some food and just go out and I'm in the middle of I'm in the middle of nowhere and in the mountains by myself, can be by myself. And I'm so i just love it. I just I just love it. And I I love, I'm so, I'm so, I don't know why I'm so moved. I'm so wound up about um, mountains and just being out in the mountains and being in the rivers and all that. I just love it. So, so just last summer I was sitting out in this, I had this beautiful day. I took my backpack out, had my lunch out. I was sitting on this rock over this lake and I'd I'd hiked for about an hour and a half up this place. I was sitting back. It was sunny. I was just like, oh, this is great, Lord. I was just having my time, and I just happened to look behind me, and it, the, the sky is as black as I've ever seen it, and it is coming right over me, and I'm like, oh, no, I, I've been walking for a couple hours. I'm about two hours away from the car, so I said, I got to get out of here, so I get, I, I start going, and it starts, I'm by myself. It is thundering, lightning, hail starts coming where I can't get away from the hail. It's like, it's like golf balls and I'm doing this and it's just hitting my hands everywhere it's like I'm just everywhere it's just like I'm just getting pelted everywhere and I'm just like and I find this massive boulder like and this massive boulder that has this like cut out and I just go and lay and this and I keep thinking I'm there for 30 minutes while lightning is coming everywhere and I'm just thinking how did I get here I was just like that's what I was thinking I'm just laying by myself I'm like I'm never gonna see my family again I'm like this was I'm just laying under this rock. I'm thinking, if there if there are rattlesnakes around here, this is not going to go well. And just by myself. And but that was like, I was. I just love. I don't know what it is in me, but I, I'm. I get so inspired. So when you say that, I immediately think about that.
1: Last week here in Sydney, we had the Hillsong Conference, which every year is a highlight for our church and for everyone who attends. Man, it was fantastic. The speakers blew it out of the water and I'm so glad that I got to be a part of it. At the conference, though, we did some live podcast episodes. And if you missed those, we recorded them on the Hillsong Backstage Show. They're available on the Hillsong Channel Now app. So if you wanted to go download that now, they're on demand. You can get them for a little while. You can be a part of all of what happened on the podcast at Hillsong Conference by grabbing the app. I'd encourage you to do that. But now let's jump straight back into it.
0: As creatives, we often get asked about our creative process. So like, what does your creative process look like? How do you guys come up with albums? How do you do that? You just said you're working on your 13th album. Yeah. So can you give us a little bit of an insight as to what your creative process looks like? Mm. Do you collaborate? Are you a Lone Mm. Ranger? How do you pull this together?
2: Yeah, for the longest time, for most of my life, I was by myself, I didn't know anybody. So I would write these songs and I was writing songs alone. And then I started getting to meet people and and get in a relationship with people, and, and, and so I started collaborating, and I think the creative process for me is very much a, a collaborative process, and that's where I found the strength and the power of in of the probably the last decade of, of my music has been very collaborative, and I love finding, even, even like I said with Good Good Father, I love finding a great song too, and that's a very creative thing for me. I'm always looking for a great song that I can champion in that way, but, yeah, there's for me in songwriting. I have my, like a lot of people, my voice memos on my phone are just filled up with all kinds of things. I used before voice memos. I used to leave a, a voice. I used to leave a message to myself. I'd call my phone, <laughs> and uh, I would leave a voicemail. I was like, Hey, Chris, this is Chris. Um, we. we <laughs> And, and I would just sing this. I'd sing a thought into it cause I, so I could keep it and have it. But I'd have all these little thoughts, and i come together. And for me, I've tried now with, a, as so many people relate to this, as, you're, as you grow and you have a family and things, more things come. And so for me, it's about scheduling. And I heard somebody say this, and it said, if it's not on the calendar, it's not real. And I was like, wow, that's so true. I, you can just say, hey, I'm going to do this. But if you really put it down on your calendar, that's, so I'm, I calendar things out. I'm like, okay, next week, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make, sh- this is my time for this. So I try to be really structured that way. And with writing? Yes. No, no, but, but like we're bringing my eyes, I have all my ideas that just come in random times. Right. But then sit down with them and work them out. But
0: you can do that like nine to five, Monday to Friday?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, middle of the night, I'm no good. I the middle of the night, I'm no good. I, mean, night, no good. I, I, like, I like working during the day. Or right. Yes. Um,
0: JD is wondering if you can come and teach our crew how to do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it's not like a nine to five thing, but you know, it's definitely, I'm going to, on this day, I'm going to work this out. Right. I'm going to sit, maybe I make an appointment with a friend, I get, bring in a song idea. But it's very important for me to have it on schedule and not just say, let's do this sometime, but be very... Do
0: you have favourite people you like to write with? Oh, yeah. Who?
2: JD. No, no, never, <laughs> no we've never written a song together. Why? Uh, um, my first encounter um, with this guy named Ed Cash he produces my music mm-hmm. and this is a great story you guys will love this so I hear, about, I hear some of the things he's producing and I just love the way it sounds and so I call Ed and I was like man is there any chance that you'd produce some of my music to make it you know, sound good I got these songs but I don't really know how to make them sound good could you do that could you do that and he's like, um, what kind of music do you do? And I was like, I do worship music. He said, nope. <laughs> he goes, I don't like worship music. I was like, you know, he goes, I think it's subpar to all music. And I was like, wow, God bless you. And, you know, it's like, and, and I said, well, would you? He goes, yeah, I'm, I sit in church, and I'm thinking, all these songs are just not that good. They're not that well written. And I'm like, wow, man, this guy's kind of bitter. And, and so I said, well, would you, uh, would you pray about it at least? Can, we, can I call you back? He said, yeah, you can call me back. So I called him back and he said, Man, I've been. He said, It's funny. I called him back like two weeks. And he, said, he said, He woke up one morning and he was feeling that. And he said, I felt this little nudge from God. And he got, he said, I felt God speak to me saying, How dare you curse what God, what he said, what I kiss. How dare you curse what I kiss. He said, And I got on my knees. and I said, God, I'm so sorry. If there's any, I would. I am so sorry for being so about so like so prideful. And so I bring it, so I he said, so I call him, he said, Man, I'm ready. God's got does dealt with me. I'm ready to I'm ready to help you. So I get to so I bring him a song, and my first song I bring him is How Great Is Our God. I have this, I have this record, I'm working on this record, but I bring him I, I have the song, I have the chorus, How Great Is Our God, and I have the verses. And I'm singing it for him. And he, i never forget, he's, we're in a, he's in a chair like this, and I'm like, so I've got these songs, I'm thinking this. He goes, he's sitting back, he goes, yeah, it's pretty good. And I was like, I'm thinking it's okay, I'm thinking it's better than pretty good. And I'll never forget, his, his guitar is hanging on the wall right here above him, and he just grabs his guitar, and he goes, as you were singing that, I had this little, I just, I just kept hearing something. He goes, I don't think the song's finished. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And now he's already telling me, your songs are okay. And let me show you how to make them better. And I was like, wow. And he, he grabs the guitar and right on the spot, he's like, what about, you're the name above all names. I'm like, okay, <laughs> keep going. And he said, "You are worthy of our praise." And then he said, "I don't know what the rest of it could go, but what if it did something like that?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Who is this guy? And, I just, and so from that moment, most of my songs have been written with him, and he has produced most of my music. And I, I've loved, I, I've loved that relationship that um, that has started, and so many songs have come. So I love writing with Ed. I love um, so most a lot of my early uh, a lot of the early days of songwriting to me when I started. Finally, um, having relationships with people was with Matt Redman. We wrote a lot together. And so it's been great. But Ed's been the kind of the, kind of the um, anchor, I think, in some of my songwriting.
0: Do you have a song that you're most proud of?
2: Wow. I, I, I would say uh, it sounds weird, but I would say that one, How Great Is Our God, because I don't feel like it's one of the best written songs ever. It's very simple. You know, the chords don't change. It just goes to the thing. The melody's easy. But what I love about it is that it has gone past me as an artist I don't feel like it's attached to me anymore and I would pray that would be the most amazing thing I pray that I would say God if there's any way I could have songs that just find their way into the church and they're not attached to me you know I feel like that may be the one song in my life that does that that what I mean by that is when you're singing amazing grace no one's sitting there thinking I'm singing a John Newton song right that's who wrote it, but you're not thinking, "Wow, I'm singing a John Newton song." Man, I love his music. No, you're not thinking that. This is just a song that's become the song of the church, and so I would just pray, man. If, if that's what I feel like, that maybe that song has done that. Maybe when I'm long gone from here, maybe there's a church that sings it somewhere, and they're not thinking I'm singing a Chris Tomlin song. They would not, they would not know who I am, but it just becomes that in the church, and that's one. That's it's 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 just crazy how that song has it seems to have crossed generations in that a 13 year old would like singing it and an 80 year old would like singing it. That's that's, that, that's only a miracle of God, right? <laughs> that you could have generations that enjoy the same thing, singing the same thing. And so that would be the, what I'm most grateful for in that. And that's what I've prayed for the most in songs is that at the end of the day, I what I'm most thankful for is when people come to me just today after that session, talking to probably 20, 30 people, and when they say this, this how these songs have what they've meant in their church. I mean, there is no Grammy that can touch that. There is no radio number one hit that can touch that is so lame compared to thinking that, man, in the church, some people in the church are, are this is helping them worship God. And I pray for that. I just I always pray. You ask me the creative process, it's really simple for me too i pray and say, God, would your presence touch these songs? I said, because I think about when Moses, when when God called Moses and he said, if your presence doesn't go with me, then don't. I don't want to go. And I kept thinking, okay, he said, for what will distinguish me among all the people of the earth? And I started thinking, what will distinguish my songs from every other song out there? The presence, if your presence would touch it, I haven't invented. I've not. I've never. I've not invented new chords. I don't have new instruments that no one knows about. You know, there's no. There's not new notes out there. We're all using the same notes. But when the presence God touches it, then maybe that distinguishes it among among. It's a distinguish. It's a. It's a difference maker. And so, it's simple. So I pray. I pray for the. I pray for that. And I, you know, written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs, and a few of maybe just a few of them would have that.
0: Do you ever get surprised at how God uses the songs?
2: Oh, yes. Right. Yeah.
0: And do you get letters from people who tell you about where songs have landed and what they've done?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. And
0: is there a story that stands out in your mind?
2: Oh, I think um, it's, it's usually meeting people afterwards, and there's two stories in my mind. Um, that, that one is um, this kid who has to... Where um, he said he's, he was probably 10, 11, and that was after a concert, and his parents brought him back. And he said, Hey, uh, I have all, he had all these problems, and he has to wear this, he has to go in this machine every week that does all this scanning and all these th- radiation things. And he has to wear this metal, he's 10 years old, he has to wear this metal mask that like strapped down his face, you can just barely breathe through. Can you imagine being 10? And they put you in this little tube and he has all these things and, and his dad says we just want you to know that before every treatment he plays Angel Armies God of Angel Armies as loud as we can play he goes it's the doctor turns it up as loud as he can play it he goes and that's like his strength going into that and you think how do I get to do that? but like seriously, how do I get to be a part of that? and um on a, on a l- lighter note, I was last last tour, I was really sick. I traveled all day, and I was throwing up everywhere, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do the concert tonight. I was sick as a dog. And I come off, and they're like, hey, um, I said, I can't do really meet and greets with people because I can't touch. If I touch them, everybody's going to get sick. <laughs> I can't touch people. And they said, well, there's this one kid who came a long ways, and um, he, uh, it, it, you need to meet him. And sure enough, they bring him in, and he's... He's in this wheelchair, and he can't move. And uh, they had told me, they'd asked me, is there any songs you want to not do tonight? And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to do God's Great Dance Floor tonight. Because if I do that, I'm going to throw up on everybody in the place. Because I can't just stand there and sing that song. You know, it's, We're going for it. And I said, I can't do it tonight. And they're like, okay, yeah, don't do that one. Like, I talk to this kid, and I meet this kid, and he can't, and he's, can't move. He's like and I'm a paraplegic kid, sweet kid. And we're talking, and I'll never forget, and I was like, hey, I said, what do you want it to be? And, and he can't really talk, but he can just do this, thing, and his parents can understand him. So he would say this thing to his parents, and he said he wants to, he had a guitar on his lap. He said, I want to be a worship leader. And I was like, you do? And I was like, um, I was like well, buddy, you already are. And um, um, you don't have to play this guitar to be a worship leader, you, are, you already are. And I was trying to encourage him. I said, what's the one song you want to hear tonight? <laughs> And he said uh and his parents said and he said god's great dance floor is his favorite song i'm like oh my gosh and so i'm just like i and seriously i'm throwing up I'm, i go back to my bus i'm throwing up i'm like how am i going to do this and i was like i can't not like play this song and so at the end of the yeah so at the end of this concert the concert ends and i was like i came back out and i was like okay guys i wasn't gonna do this song but i met this kid and i said i want his dad to hold him up and his dad picked him up out of the wheelchair and kind of held him up i was like this kid he wants to be a worship leader. Um, he's had more difficulties than any probably anybody that will ever in this place will ever go through. He already is a worship leader. He's led me to, tonight. and I said, um, "We're going to do it for him." I said, "For everybody sitting right here, would you please leave?" Because <laughs> I don't know what's about to happen. But, but, but we're going for it. And it was, it was such a beautiful moment to see,, you know, just, to see how I, just how songs can bring so much joy to people so much joy in there like here's a kid right who has never been able to move and his favorite song is god's great dance floor and just what what's going on in his spirit right what's going on inside of him that is like is beautiful
0: i love that i love stories so much i love what god is doing okay rapid fire Woo! 10 and 10. 10 and 10. yeah okay so you gotta be quick what are you listening to at the moment Oh you can say young and free if you want to.
2: Yes, oh, well, I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. I, I, no, what I, are you listening to at the moment? Um, I've been listening to this pod, podcast. Um, yeah. What been, sort of podcast? Podcast.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Like so, what? So it's called. Uh, so it's, it's called. So tell me about your father. And it's a podcast from a, from these from this Hall of Fame country s- songwriter in Texas. I mean right. in Nashville. That he, he interviews all these great songwriters. And he said, I can, he said, I think the greatest question you can ask anybody and to know about them is, so tell me about your father. And so he asked them, all the, these people who've written all these great songs, and so it's just really interesting about music and creative process, and he finally gets to, so tell, you, tell me about your father. Like he's introducing, like he's talking to people um, like you know, Johnny Cash's son. And so he's, it's really interesting. So I've been listening to that, so tell me about your father.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, what are you reading?
2: Uh, right now I'm reading a book called Extreme Ownership. How to Lead Like a Navy Seal. But the best book I've read over the last year is called The Wright Brothers. And it's, you know, it's about all they persevered to, to make man fly, powered flight. and you're reading it on an airplane. You're like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And it's an incredible book what these guys did.
0: And scaring yourself to death. Yes. Um, if you weren't doing this for vacation, what would you do?
2: Man, I would love to put my name in there. I would try to substitute i would love for it to if it was written about me but because chris has a different spirit he doesn't just go with what everybody else goes with he's not he's going to go with what god put in his god said he's not going to go like oh no we can't do this he's not going to live in fear but like because he has a different spirit he will inherit the land and i've always i've always tried to like go after that. I've always tried to want to be like that. I wouldn't want to be like the 10. Like, I feel like most of us would be, and I might be in times, so no, 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 that's too, too hard. Man, I want to. I I that to be said of me, a different spirit.
0: Is there a moment where you've had to practice that? Where you've had to go against what everybody else wants to do?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. There's been several times. Um, I think even recently I've been pushed, you get pushed into like, what is success? and what is, especially in music, will keep going this way or or you need to change your sound. You've been doing this for a long time. You gotta do something new and you gotta be different and no one wants that anymore. I get those things said to me and I just...
0: What do you do with that?
2: uh, Well, I actually called our whole team together from the record label and everybody and I've never done this before, but I just said, hey, I just wanna rally everybody together and just talk to you for a minute and just explained that I didn't get to this position by strategy, by trying to be something, trying to be what the culture is doing. I said, I just want people to worship God. And I said, I want, I want to continue making music, continue writing music, that the best I know how, that people can worship God. And it may not be the latest pop coolest thing, but that's not what I'm after. And it was, you know, it's amaz- I have an amazing team, but sometimes you have to know why you do it. Sometimes you have to know why you do it. And I heard that recently. It says everybody knows how to do it and what they're doing, but few people know why they're doing it. And I know how to lead worship. I know what to do. but it, And you may know how to do it, what you're doing. You may know what you're doing, but do you really remember why you're doing it and I think if you know why you're doing it you can't fail and I think people are like they're so scared of failing and like they're like yeah but if we don't keep up with this it's not gonna it's not gonna be and I was like if I'm doing what I feel in that different spirit if I'm doing like what I feel God's put in my heart I cannot fail I cannot fail it may not look right to the world but I know I know that this is what I'm supposed to do and so that's just very been very recent.
0: what's your why why do you do it
2: to give people a voice to worship God. That's always been my why. I wanna give people a voice to worship God. And how can I do that? How is the best way I can do that? How can I, how can I simply write a song that anybody can grab their guitar, or sit behind a piano and sit at a church and they play it and they, just, and they can sing it to God. That's what started with me and that's why. And yeah, it's as simple as that.
0: How hard is it to keep it that simple?
2: It is so hard. Right. It is so hard to keep it that simple because you feel the pressure of whatever you've done before to do better and, or do more. And then you hit the moment of like, you know what? The same Holy Spirit that did all this is the same Holy Spirit that's in you now. Yeah. Isn't it? That, that doesn't change. Right. And just follow Him. And just follow Him. And quit trying. And that's what I was trying to say today when I worship. I'm speaking to myself, man. It's not about striving. It's just about, it's about resting in God and what He's put in you. And so that's what I try, I, I try to say, I lose that. I'm, I'm a human being and I don't have, I don't get it all right. But I, when I come back to that, man, it's, so, it's such a place of peace. Yeah, this is what I was made to do. And uh, this is what God give, has gifted me to do.
0: The one thing you know about God that grounds you?
2: Gosh, that is an incredible question. The first thing that comes to my mind is grace. That's the first thing that comes to my mind because, you know, the world really talks about karma. That's what the world thinks. And I love how God is so upside down and so different with grace. Karma, you know, is like, whatever you do is going to come back at you. And grace just turns that on its face and says, it doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you. And it's just goodness coming in. And that is like... I've always thought... You know, that's, that, I just hear that so much. And I was like, I man, if people could get, understand the grace, the power of the grace of God, it's the greatest force. There's no greater force in the world if you get, really understand the grace of God. And man, it just, it, it'll make you want to run around this tent 20 times. Just like, thank you, Lord. I heard this, I can't remember his name. He's an ancient, ancient, ancient pillar of the church, theologian. And he said this, he said, if the only prayer we ever say is thank you, it will be enough. And I was like, that's what I feel when I think about the grace of God. I mean, that's what worship is, right? You're just saying thank you. I mean, there's all different ways of saying thank you. And as if the only thing you ever say to God is thank you, it will be enough. And uh, that's so beautiful.
0: How did Jesus find you?
2: I was... Um, a group in the church thankfully in a a church with a family and with my family and i the first time i remember just really getting something getting a hold of me i was on the front row in my little town there was this gospel group that came through to play and it's like this gospel music and my dad just loved music so he's like there's a concert tonight at the church let's go and so i said the front row and i was just I i honestly remember making a paper airplane and trying to hit the guy While he was singing in in the legs. And uh, (laughs) and at the end of the thing, I just, I remember he said, would anybody like to receive, would anybody like to receive Jesus tonight? And it was, all I can say is I can still remember it to this day. I was nine years old. My, it was like my whole body was on fire. And I remember grabbing my, running back to my um, parents, they were sitting in the back. And I said, Mom and Dad, I want to receive Jesus. I ran to the front and I prayed. And that was the first, like, awakening moment. And then the most amazing thing, a few years later, I'm in my youth group, and they were singing all these worship songs. And I didn't grow up in a church that did that as much. We sing, you know, three hymns. Three hymns. You had the preaching, and then you watched the Dallas Cowboys. That was, like, my whole (laughs) life, okay? And so, like... And I'm in this thing, and people are just worshiping God. And I was so moved. I, I ran, it was in the night, and it was, I ran out the back of the place, and I found this tree, like there's trees out there, and I just, it was in the middle of the night, and I found this tree, and I knelt under the tree. And I think, I, from what I heard, counselors were running everywhere, whereas where we've lost one. You know, Chris is gone. <laughs> Can you imagine what, how are you gonna tell his parents? And. Um, and I said, Lord, I feel like you're speaking to me. I don't know what you're saying. And I said that. I don't know what you're saying. And I think that's beautiful, right? You can just be honest. Like I, You don't have to say, oh, yes, you're saying this. I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're saying, but I know you're speaking to me. And I just want you to know that for the rest of my life, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I said... Uh, I didn't, make, I didn't, I wasn't like, I want to be a singer. It wasn't this prayer of, Lord, I really want to write songs. If I could write, how great is our God someday, that'd be amazing. I it wasn't that. I just said, God, whatever you want for the rest of my life, that's what I want to do. And, you know, not God, it was amazing how God never let me forget that moment. As I got older, I went to college. I thought I was going to be a doctor. I was trying to get in pre-med. I was doing all these things, trying to do all these different things trying to be a comedy speaker. Um, And never let me forget that prayer. I'd always go back to that moment. Do you remember that, Chris? He said, wherever, whatever. And I think that's the essence of what, that's everything that God's looking for. And the scripture says is his eyes move to and fro that he may find, they stop on whose heart is completely his. He's looking for those whose heart is completely his, whose heart is available. Like you're just, God, that's what he's looking for. He's not looking for talent. He's looking for availability. Somebody who is just available to say, Lord, here I am. I don't know where I'm going. You, You surely do. And I'm going. And so that was... That was the biggest awakening moment in my life. Um, after, Obviously after receiving Jesus, having the Spirit in me, and looking back now, I know that was a calling. I didn't know it, I'm too young to know this is a calling of God. I didn't know what I didn't know terms like that. And now I look and it's like, man, God was really calling me out. And kind of like that, it's you, I'm calling you out right now. And I could take you to that tree, even right now, I can remember where it is.
0: So we've actually run out of time, but I actually think that's a perfect place to end. I don't know about you, but I feel like I want you to pray that prayer over us.
2: Mm, I'd love to. I want to
0: pray that surrender.
2: I'd love to. (laughs) Uh, Jesus, Father, look over your children, your sons and your daughters. And I pray right now that they would know that more than any label that they may feel has ever been put on them. They would know first that they're your son and your daughter. They would receive, even right now, the love of a father. And I pray for my friends, Lord, who are feeling that maybe that fire inside of them even now feeling that call of the Spirit of God feeling that that whisper of the Spirit of God so Lord I, I pray for my friends for just the faith to take a step to, to move to just walk in the faith to say to you God I don't really know everything you're saying but here I am here I am Lord whatever you want me to do I'm yours Lord, that's the prayer you're looking for. That's the prayer above all, all things you're looking for. It's just whatever you want me to do. So I pray for that, that even, even now, maybe, maybe some of us in here for the first time, for the very first time would say that. Lord, whatever you want me to do, I have no idea where that leads, but I'm, I'm available, I'm open, I'm yours, completely, 100%, wholeheartedly yours. Lord, I pray just a great blessing Pray your favor, your hand to rest on them, and as just like Moses, let your presence be with them. As as they go, that they'd be marked by your presence. For what will make the difference? What will be the distinguishing mark on these people's lives, Lord? It would be your presence when people come in contact with them. They would sense something is different here, and it's your presence, Lord. So let that be the marking moment, the marking thing, that is on our lives. I thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: That's it for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and it's been useful for your journey. If you haven't already, I'd love to take a minute just to encourage you to subscribe. When you do that, you become part of our growing community of creatives who are trying their best to live out their faith through their creativity. So join us anywhere you find your podcasts. Subscribe and then you won't miss out on anything And I always love to hear from you. So please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It helps with the visibility of the podcast and it lets us know what you think, what you're enjoying and where we can go with the podcast in the future. Aside from that, you can write to me on Twitter at Rich Langton and we'll talk to you next time.